continue reading this morning in um, Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. Well, good morning. It's, uh, it's been a good week for me. I, was, I just got back yesterday. Uh, from Minnesota, and I was there on a uh, Swanson uh, family reunion. Uh, my wife, uh, her maiden name is Swanson, and actually the the clan uh, started with the the family called the Solanders. And they're all uh, they all came to the states, uh, ended up in Upper uh, Michigan, uh, the Upers they call them up there. And they ended up in a little town called Stanbo. And the thing that was a joy is I showed up uh, in Minnesota at this uh, campsite there, and there was probably 100, 120 of these uh, Swedish uh, Solanders uh, that uh, infiltrated this camp and trying to learn names and know who the cousins are and who's related to who, and it was just a delight. But we gathered together in a room one evening, and... Uh, one of the uh, elder brothers of the Swansons uh, shared a little of the history of the Solander clan. And it was so amazing to me to see this heritage that was passed down. And as they started to share, there, there were eight uh, that came out of the Solanders, four guys and four gals. And when they moved to, uh, to Stambo, Michigan, very young in their life, uh, the, their mother and father of the eight uh, died. So you had 17-year-old Vi uh, taking care of all of the rest of the little clan. And the story of the struggle to stick together, the story of, of how they held on to faith, how they held on to God in the journey, the story of fighting to keep the family together, the story of the sacrifice of of each of the family members to care for the other. And it was this beautiful heritage. And then after it was shared, the families were just gathering around together, all the cousins, and they were talking about the character of these original eight and how they loved each other deeply and how they Again, one outside of themselves. They, they had dreams and hopes, but yet their family was still here and, and they needed each other. And then they would talk about how they wanted to be like them and, and have the character. And, and, and Dave from up front, again, the, one of the older brothers, shared 
he said to the whole family, all 120 in there, he said, we need to keep passing along this message to the rest of the generations of who this Solander family was, of their, of their hope in Christ, of their faith that they held on to, of their life of serving each other. And let's, as all the little kids were running around, let's pass this on. And so we did, as we gathered around and shared stories of the Solander clan and many who said they wanted to be like them. I thought that's a good question for each of us. Who is it that we want to be like? Truly. When you think about your life and someone that has set an example for you, who is it that you want to be like? I hope there's somebody. I think if there's not, then probably we're maybe a little bit prideful in that we've got it all together. I hope there's someone in your life that you can look to and say, that Christian character that comes through that person, I want to emulate that. I want to live like them because they reflect Christ. Through the power of the Spirit, I pray that I can be like they are. Followers of Jesus. Character of Christ. I think the harder question when I look in the mirror is who wants to be like me? That one sometimes hurts. And you've got to ask yourself, am I living a life that is full of Christ to where hopefully those that I'm coming in contact with in some way, maybe some little way, say hope to live a life like that? Who wants to be like you? This morning we're going to look at two men. Timothy and Epaphroditus. Two men that Paul lays out there, I think, to set as an example of Christian character. And I think as he is discussing these two men, as he is writing this letter, I think he's, he's thinking back to Philippians 1.27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. And what I think Paul is doing as, as he discusses Timothy and Epaphroditus, I think he is thinking of these are men who have lived out a lifestyle that is worthy of the gospel. They have held on to Christ. They have set the example of how to live in faith. Here is some character of them that you would emulate through the power of the Spirit in your lives. And I want us to ask that question this morning to ourselves. I hope this scripture spurs us on in our spirit to examine, are we growing are we growing in Christian character? Are we growing up? Are we starting to mature in the Lord? Are we allowing his life to be lived through us? 
Or are we staying little children, still wanting to grow up someday? The thing that I love about this passage is it's not only do I see two men who stood by Paul's side, but I see friends, dear friends. These men not only contended for the gospel, but they were dear brothers, good friends. And I hope as we study this passage this morning that that we can examine again what type of friend are we to one another? And in the body of Christ again, what type of brothers and sisters are we to each other? Are we living out koinonia, fellowship because of Jesus Christ in our lives? What type of friend are we? Well, Paul shares in verse 19, he says, I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you. I long to send him over. And I want him to be with you and to encourage you. And when he hopes in the Lord, he doesn't hope as some sort of fleeting hope. I think Paul has an idea that, that God has a desire to, to send Timothy over to encourage you and to cheer you. And he wants to have them be blessed by Timothy, cheered in his spirit that he would be lifted because of the relationship that is taking place. And so he sends Timothy. He wants to. How many Timothys do we have in here? Tim, Timothys. There we go. You know what your name means? Honoring God. That's who you are. That's who Timothy was. One who honors God. His life played out that way. And Paul can't wait to send him out to... Again, he loved, he loved the Philippian church. We cannot forget about how this church poured into his life and how he poured into theirs. How he loved them to the core. There is no other church that we read about that seems so dear to Paul as the church of Philippi. They poured into him and they cared for him deeply. They came by his side. They contended with him in the gospel. And he wanted, again, them to... He wanted to send Timothy so he could get word. How are they doing? It's like getting a a letter when you're at camp. You ever get those? And here comes camp mail. And you you hope you can get a letter to hear what's going on at home and to be encouraged. And as your parents or family sends a letter to cheer you up, that's exactly what Paul is feeling. You can't wait for camp mail. I want to know how they're doing. As our missionaries go out, as a team from Honduras, we were anticipating their, their emails. We, we looked forward when we heard even just that they arrived and, and that they got there. And, and with all their luggage, it was reported. Cindy, thank you very much. We look forward to that because we love each other. And we want to hear what God is doing in your life. And so he sends them out. And he says, here's what's true of Timothy. Verse 20, there is no one... There is no one else like him. This word is the only time we're going to see this word in all of the Greek text. It's it's made up of the word equal and soul. There is no one who is of equal soul to me, Paul says, like Timothy. It's it's oftentimes the 
the word we use of our, of our spouse, isn't it? They are our soulmate. There's no one who's tied into me like this. There's no one that cares, that loves Christ, that has a deep affection for the Lord like Timothy. And he and I are soulmates to the core and that we hold on to Christ, that we live Christ's life out, and that our life is, is concerned and cares about you. Our life is not about ourselves. It's about you, and we, we want to invest in you. We want to encourage you on in the Spirit. We want the Lord to fill you with the Spirit. We want to bring truth to your life. We care about how you're doing in life how you're growing up. We want to come by your side and encourage you like many have in writing the emails to Caring Bridge for Greg Tucker. We want to spur them on to hold on to Christ because truly He's the only one who can do anything about anything. And it's been encouraging to hear from Val as she shares with us out of 1 Peter about these sufferings, though for just a little while they are refining us and perfecting us, and how she and the family are holding on to Jesus. You see, this is koinonia. This is real living. This isn't about coming and sitting in this church seats today. This is about life together. Is God moving in your heart to care deeply for others in this fellowship. That you don't just hear word that, oh, he's, you know, literally could be dying. And then you go home and let's just get the lawn done and watch our sports channel. Ask the Spirit. Sometimes, truly, we, we are apathetic. Ask the Spirit, Lord, give me the love of you that I might get outside of myself. There is no one like Timothy who genuinely has an interest in you. There is no one who cares as deeply than Timothy for you. His life is, is, is poured out to bring you God's life. And he truly, to the core, unlike this church in Rome who doesn't care at all, the church in Rome, Paul must have been so disappointed. Here he is in Rome. There's no one visiting him. There's no one caring about his needs. There's no one caring from Rome about the Philippian church and what they're going through in that Roman colony of Philippi. There's no one who takes a genuine interest in you other than Timothy. And we'll see also with Epaphrodites. I found this little video clip I wanted to show you about life lived outside of yourself, life lived outside of your own success. It's just a short video. I want to show it to you. That happened last year. As this team, the one gal hit the home run and hurt her leg coming around. And again, the other team ended up losing that game because they lifted her up, walked her around those bases, and that was in a championship series. And what happened from that point on 
This message went all across the world. Every network caught it. It was gone over, over and over again. How possibly could these other, how could this other team do this? And what a message of sacrifice and a message of, of caring for someone else more than your own victory, your own success in life. Do you understand what happens when we love each other this way in Christ? Do you get it? The message of Jesus impacts the world. When we get outside of ourselves and we genuinely pour into others' lives because we're more concerned about them than we are about my own life and how everything's going with me, That's the love of Christ. That's the character of Christ. That video reflects who Jesus is, doesn't it? And so should we as followers of Jesus Christ. And so the question is, are we growing in Christian character, committed, verse 21, to the things of Christ that our mind, and as we're praying in the morning, we're going, Lord, what is it about this day that you want me to, to pour into? Lord, bring Scripture to my mind and to my heart that I live it out, that I don't just have this head knowledge of you, but that I live out because your life is in me and I want to live for you. Timothy's character was that of one who was caring deeply, genuinely interested in the spiritual life of others and in their life, period. And he was committed to the things of Jesus Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer quotes, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God because God will keep crossing our paths with people who have petitions and needs. What I hate about American culture is our busyness that says we must be busy and therefore we don't have time for one another. And somehow we buy into that lie. We need to allow our lives to be interrupted by God. That's the joy of living. It's the interruptions that really are the life of Christ opportunities to live his life out. Timothy is like a dear son. He is beautiful and beloved, and he learns from the Father, and he is one who is proved worthy by his work in the gospel. You see, he has served as a doulos, as a slave, a bondservant of Christ, and he's, he's done that joyfully. He knows who, whom he belongs to, and he knows his purpose in life to serve. He is like Jesus in that he took up the towel and serves faithfully as Paul would encourage him to, to go and minister here and to, to teach here. Go to Ephesus and minister in the middle of that. And he would faithfully serve others like Christ. He proved himself in his life. He was faithful. Every day as he walked with Paul, he showed himself to have the character of Christ. That's why Paul is excited to send him to encourage the Philippians. 
because he knows he will. He knows he will enter into Philippi and he will bring blessing and life to that church and he will bring the life of Christ to that church and he will serve that church. He's not about himself. He's about them. And Paul has confidence in that. You know, one of the ways or the way that we look for elders in this church is based on Christian character that God gives us in his word. That there are men who are living lifestyles worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they are men who are faithfully serving. Here's a few of the characteristics out of Timothy chapter 3. Now an elder, an overseer, must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable. He must be hospitable and able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. He must not be a recent convert or he might become conceited. He must have a good reputation in the community with outsiders. This is how we watch and observe, and these are things that we look for, because these are things of Christian character. We as elders are not perfect men. You know that full well. But we are men who are striving to live for Christ and to seek his mind. And one of the things that we ask, and we want you to be praying for us as a body, and that the elders desire, is that, you know what, if you watch and you see men in this fellowship who are living out this Christian character, then let us know. We're watching, but we need your help as a body. You see them serving behind the scenes. They're eldering already, but they do it quietly and with a humble spirit. Let us know that we might come to them and say, what is God calling you to do? maybe to continue serving as an elder, to seek the mind of Christ together. This is what Timothy was, one who came and genuinely loved others and genuinely cared and had the mind of Christ. And so I pray that for us. Are we growing in that Christian character? Let us use Timothy as an example of one who deeply was committed to how others we're doing in their life in Christ. Then Paul moves on. Let me also tell you about Epaphrodites. I think of Epaphrodites as one who is by your side, one who will be right there with you. And he says this, I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphrodites, my brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. He longs for all of you. He's distressed because you heard he was ill. And indeed he was. And he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. And therefore I'm all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and that I may have less anxiety." Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help 
that you could not give me. You see, Paul sent, or the church of Philippi sent Epaphrodites on this 800-mile trek, and he had a crew with him, and he was going to go to minister to Paul in the prison in Rome. Paul, again, is chained between two guards. And you have to understand something. There wasn't uh, this incredible uh, daily food ration, and there wasn't medical supplies, and there wasn't clothing. It wasn't the prison spa. You know, that we get a lot of things cared for today in prison. That wasn't the case in Rome. You got nothing. You're pretty much left there to die. Hopefully you had someone on the outside who might take care of you a little bit. That's why the church in Philippi, that beloved church, came by his side. They sent Epaphrodites with money and with, with needs for Paul. They went 800 miles to go minister to him. And they sent Epaphrodites because they knew of his character, one who would encourage and come alongside Paul. I think of Epaphrodites reflecting the Holy Spirit. Remember the word paraclete? Paraclete is the word for the Holy Spirit. It means one who is by your side. That's what I think of Epaphrodites. I think of Timothy as taking up the towel. He is like Christ. Epaphrodites reflects, I think, the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see he's one who comes alongside of Paul to minister to him. And he comes to give his life and to just be with Paul. Whatever Paul needs. He's one who, again, is is serving behind the scenes. He's not only a good friend, but he's one who reflects the love of Jesus. When we need sometimes to see Jesus' love, when we're hurting, when we're in bondage, when we're in the pit, that's who Epaphrodites is. He comes alongside. I really want you to ask yourself the question this morning, who does God want me to come alongside? Pray that the Spirit would prompt your spirit with someone on your heart that you would come alongside of them. I am just going to focus my energy and my time and my love to this person. I want to come along and encourage them. And he says, Epaphroditus is one who deserves honor. He again is a behind-the-scenes guy. And and what, what Paul does, which is really cool is because I think the church in Philippi, he's sending back Epaphrodites, okay? Epaphrodites got really sick, and Paul's saying, I'm going to send him back. I think one of Paul's concerns was maybe the church in Philippi, in the flesh, would struggle with, did Epaphrodites quit? We sent him out to go be an encouragement to Paul. Did he quit? And I think what's beautiful is that Paul reminds us of who he is. He says, he is my brother this endearing term that we are tied together because of Jesus Christ. He is my brother. I want you to know that, and that's his characteristic. He's a follower of Christ. We are ones who have a certain goal together. We contend for the gospel together. Who do we do that with? He's my brother. And like we we like to say with some of the guys, you know, I'll see George, hey, my brother from another mother, you know? I like that. You are my brother from another mother, but you are my brother spiritually. That's what you guys need to say to each other, all right? 
Hey, brother from another mother. We thank God for you. We're tied together because of Christ. And that we can have this deep love together because of Jesus Christ. And I, I, I think that's where we struggle sometimes. I think sometimes we don't buy it. I think we don't think we can really go all that deep with each other. Or we've been wounded, maybe, by one relationship that was deep, and therefore we go, enough. I don't want to be wounded again. I don't want you and I to miss out on some amazing relationship that Christ will allow us to have because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We live in koinonia. I don't think you again, buy that sometimes. Truly, Ross, Susan, you're my brother and sister in Christ because we love Jesus together. You're not just out there, just sitting here looking at me. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We have life together. And, and, and so we ask God to join us together. Community takes work, but it's what Christ longs for, that we would be one as he is one with the Father and the Spirit. Who is God drawing you towards? Stop putting up those walls. Or stop thinking, well, you know, I don't know how long we're going to actually be in the same community. You know, if I start investing now, maybe... I told Josh Kramer that the other day. I was like, you know, when you were first here as an interim pastor, it was kind of like, well, you know, how much do we pour into you because we're not sure if we're going to hire you yet? It was honest. I thought, how stupid is that? Whether he leaves or goes, while he's here, let's have a relationship. We do that, don't we? We kind of, well, I don't know how it's all going to work out. God is calling us to one another He is a a companion in labor. He is my brother. He's my companion in labor, a fellow worker. We have this commonality of of living for the kingdom of Christ together. We're not just about fellowship and just having coffee together. We are thinking about how we're growing together spiritually. We're thinking about others who are brothers and sisters in Christ and how we can move them closer to Jesus. We, We are fellow laborers. The word is actually uh, where we get the word synergy from. We have synergy together in Christ. And when we come together, we are moving. We have this energy of the Lord, the power of the Spirit. And Epaphrodites is that fellow laborer with me. He's behind the scenes. You see, Paul was the upfront guy. Epaphrodites, this is the only time we see his name. It's a few short verses. There's a lot of you in this fellowship that are Epaphrodites. You are. You know, this is my rule here. I I have to stand up front here and talk at you. I have to be up front. There's a whole ministry going on that's happening with you, Epaphrodites. You're serving faithfully. You're behind the scenes. You're giving of your life. And we praise God together. And here's what Paul is doing with Epaphrodites. He's saying, Epaphrodites is no less than me. And so is true of you. Yeah, Jackson and I stand up here, some of the other elders. So what? We're we're all ministering together for the kingdom of God. Different roles, same value, gifts that come from Jesus Christ. 
That's my in-laws, Tom and Donna Swanson. When I go, who do I want to be like? They are people that I want to be like. These are folks that, that have this beautiful love for others that always, always is serving. In all of their capacity, they've been the behind-the-scenes servants. They've served in Young Life forever and now are committed to Young Life Russia. There's a main leader. His name's Gary Parsons, a beautiful man in the Lord. They undergird him. They lift him up. They, they serve underneath him. Tom and Donna, you don't hear their name very much. You hear Gary a lot because he's the guy. But the ministries wouldn't be taking place if there wasn't these who serve behind, who serve in a way that, that is just faithful. And But it impacts lives. Everywhere I go, I'm like, hey, you know, tell me about your relationship with Christ or how you got involved in, in this ministry. Oh, one day I was just standing there. Tom, you know, drove up and said, hey, I'm going to take you to camp with me. Shared the love of Jesus. The guy became a Christian. Donna the same way in her Bibles. I'm hearing this all throughout my journey now of all these lives that Tom and Donna have impacted. It's beautiful. But you'll never see him up here on stage. Never. And I know that's many of you. And that's what's true. You are, you are fellow laborers. You are brothers and sisters. And he says he is a messenger. He uses the same word, apostle. Epaphrodites is, is an apostle. He is one who is sent out to bring forth the love of Christ. That's who he is. That's his character. That's Epaphrodites. One who is behind the scenes, a messenger who ministered to my needs like the priest who ministered in the day, who cared deeply for Paul. It's like the McMahons. I don't know if you knew Bruce and Val McMahon went out to, to Jordan with their children to go minister to the needs of the Mannings, to come along their side as apostles, as ones who are sent out to just bless and encourage and hear and, and share in the life of Christ together. They just got back last week, two weeks ago. And I know we're going to have an opportunity to, to, to get report of what God is doing in the life of the Mannings as they minister faithfully in Jordan. But you see, just faithful servants, the character of Christ, are we growing in Christian character? Ones who long for, to be with, ones who, who desire, who care more about others. It says again of Epaphrodites that he was in great distress. You know what he was in distress over? He was concerned. He was concerned that the Philippians were worried about him. He wasn't concerned that he was deathly ill. He was concerned that they're going to be worried about me. Oh, what a, what a heart for others. That we would have that. That Christ would be working that in us. It's not about just all what's going on in my life. It's, a, it's about the life of the body of Christ. And so I pray for us as a church body that we would gather together that we would live life together in koinonia, life in Christ, 
and that we'd be asking the Lord, Lord, grow me up, that my life would be outside of myself, that I would be caring for others, Lord, that I would be coming alongside others. And so prompt me in your spirit that I may reflect your love to not only this body, this fellowship of believers, but to this world. And when we love each other that way, guess what? All the world goes, what is it about those people? And we can say it's Jesus Christ. Amen.